everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy Dominic Demeester. Hope everyone's doing well. We have another exciting show planned for you guys this week. Uh, obviously talk about the NFL, of course. But uh, lately, Dominic and I have been starting with some NBA, NHL talk just because it's the heart uh, of the playoffs now. Super exciting time. Before Dominic, sorry for being rude. How are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing just as good, Dominic, as you are, if not a little bit better. Things are great. But yeah, I'll pass it over to you, Dominic. NHL playoffs, big surprise there with the uh, Florida Panthers. Yeah, Florida Panthers going down in the series 4 nothing against Tampa Bay. Listen, we might be looking at a dynasty in the making in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Doing that without Braden Point was remarkable. And uh, my hat's off to Vasilevsky. He just stopped 49 shots against the Panthers yesterday. Tampa Bay is moving on. They look like a cup contender. I watched that. Like, I don't usually watch hockey when my Toronto Maple Leafs are eliminated, but I watched the game for three minutes um, at uh, the end, uh, halftime of the Miami Heat games because it was such a blowout. And Vasilevsky was making saves. It was like, there's like, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, if you're the Panthers players, like, they're shooting high, they're shooting low. Like, when you're facing a hot goalie, it's really tough to beat that, Dominic. And I think you said it uh, well. He's been playing great for Tampa Bay, and they're go- trying to go for their third straight cup. Uh, reminds me of the old Montreal Canadiens. We'll see what happens there in Tampa Bay if they can repeat um, and who they'll play in the next series. NBA, Warriors up 3 nothing. Going for the sweep tonight, Tuesday. Give me the Mavericks to win. I don't think they'll get swept. However, I do think the series is inevitable and the Golden State Warriors will be back in the NBA Finals. Miami and Boston, an incredibly exciting series. It's tied up 2-2. These quarters have been... The first quarters of all these games have been nuts. Yesterday, the Heat were down 26-4, Dominic. Uh, As you know, I'm a Heat fan, and it was like I was pulling my hair like they couldn't make a basket. Miami started 0-14. for I was like, this isn't real, but I'm trying to calm down. It's 2-2. Going back to Miami tomorrow, uh, which now becomes a best-of-three series. So the East, I think, is going to go down to the wire. I think it's going to go seven games. Uh, I just can't see this series not going seven. So exciting stuff in the NHL and in the NBA. But, Dominic, let's get to the NFL uh, let's go to Nick Foles, a guy uh, that I feel everybody likes. I always like Nick Foles and uh, the crazy Super Bowl run he had with the Eagles. He's reunited back with Frank Wright, uh, signing a two-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, where he'll be getting $2.5 million this upcoming season in 2022. Uh, I think a solid backup for Matty Ice and the Colts. Can't go wrong with Nick Foles, guy that's won a Super Bowl. I've never been a big fan of Nick Foles, but yet as a backup quarterback, this is a great deal. Matt Ryan goes down. Nick Foles can step right in. And as you mentioned, he's reuniting with Frank Wright. So there's a fit there. Hopefully we see Matt Ryan for the entire season. But if he were to go down late in the season, who knows if Nick Foles can reproduce that magic? Yeah, exactly. And I agree with you, Dominic, that like Nick Foles, um, like you said that, you know, a huge fan of his. I'm not a huge fan of his either. Uh, however, as weird as this sounds, if Nick Foles were to start the season for the Indianapolis Colts, which he won't, it'd be obviously it's Matty Ice's team, and I would prefer Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback, I'm not sure this team would be that much worse. And maybe that's crazy to say. I don't know if it's a gut feeling. Come uh, on, come on. <laughs> I don't know if I have a soft spot for Nick Foles because of that, that crazy Super Bowl run, Dominic, and the Philly special. Uh, maybe it's me trusting Foles a little too much. Maybe it's not having a ton of faith in Matt Ryan. Look, I just think right now, like, Matt Ryan has played uh, his best football. I believe his best years are behind him. I do love the fit um, for, for Matty Ice with the Colts. It's something that we've talked about on the show. 
I don't know, Dominic. It just I guess it's something about like Nick Foles. And I just feel like he's a guy that I feel no matter where he gets placed, he's able to adapt. Uh, whereas I feel like, look, Matt Ryan has been with the Atlanta Falcons offense for a very long time. Uh, obviously, since uh, since he started playing in the NFL, has that chemistry there with with Julio Jones and really the Atlanta Falcons offense. Where you look at Nick Foles, uh, he's bounced around from team to team, uh, and he's been clutch. And as compared to Matt Ryan, Dominic, he's won a Super Bowl. So I don't know if this may be a little bit closer than people think, or am I crazy, Dominic? I think you're absolutely <laughs> insane. Listen, Matt Ryan has passed almost 60,000 yards in the NFL, and give or take, what, uh, 367 touchdowns? Mm -hmm. There's no way that Matt Ryan is equal to Nick Foles even late in his career. Mm -hmm. But you make a good point. Any quarterback that's won a Super Bowl, at least they have that on the resume. At least they know how to handle the pressure if ever put into that situation. So mm -hmm. we'll have to wait and see, but I'm really banking on Matt Ryan to have a big year in Indianapolis and Nick Foles at the very most, you know, maybe one game here to kind of get Matt Ryan refreshed. But that's about all I want to see from Nick Foles this year. I like that. That's a fair take. That's a fair take. Uh, I guess quickly on that, Dominic, Matt Ryan, would you say, I, I may or may not have asked this on the show. I got to admit, I can't remember. Hall of Fame talk, Matt Ryan, does he need to win a Super Bowl to be in the conversation? I think he does. Yeah, you always want to have one Super Bowl ring, but maybe he could even make it. I think that the NFL is lacking quarterbacks that can, you know, withstand yeah. a good, you know, 20 year career. We're seeing like a lot of guys coming in and out of the NFL a lot more as of late. Matt Ryan is one of the last, you know, great quarterbacks that's been in the league for a long time. So yeah. to me, I'll have to wait and see how the next five to 10 years shake out. But we all know that one Super Bowl in the resume is what is needed to at least, you know, be there in Canton. Yeah, I I'd agree with you there, Dominic. I think Matt Ryan definitely needs to get that. I'm excited for the Colts, excited for that division, honestly, um, and uh, and how competitive or not competitive it will be. Curious to see, you know, teams like, like Jacksonville, right? Houston, like how will Houston respond after everything with the Deshaun Watson and, you know, the young quarterback that they have and Jacksonville, obviously now with Trevor Lawrence going into his second year, uh, making some changes in the offseason. So I think that's the vision that a few people are sleeping on. Uh, another free agent signing, Dominic, or a team that uh, re-signed one of their star players, Jadeveon Clowney, uh, staying in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns, one year, $11 million contract. Uh, I like Clowney. He's a guy that O-linemen and offenses need to plan for. And while I don't think that, unfortunately, he's been as good as he was in his first few years in the NFL or as productive, uh, I think he's a good player to have. But I, I think $11 million is a lot, Dominic. I'm curious to get your take on this. Listen, the Browns have the money to spend. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, when you do, might as well get a big name in there. I think that that will, will help Miles Garrett. will really get that defense going. You need a bit of a veteran leadership there. Clowney can bring that forward. So to me, the Browns are a running team and they have to play strong defense. I don't know whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to be able to just reignite the magic that he had up in Houston. I think that we're going to have to wait and see on that. And we also haven't really found out what's the story on Baker Mayfield. I can't believe he's still on this roster. I think it's a bit of a distraction. But yes, yeah, signing Clowney definitely you know, takes away of that distraction and good for that defense and up in Cleveland. Hopefully they can produce. I actually really like this Cleveland Browns defense. So I'm like, you look at them on paper, Miles Garrett, Davion Clowney, uh, you got to JOK, the uh, linebacker. 
uh, coming out of Notre Dame, who they signed last year that I think was a steal. Uh, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, you know, these guys haven't, like, uh, Delpit unfortunately got injured there. You got Greg Newsom. Uh, you also got Greedy Williams there as a, as a backup uh, cornerback for them. Like, I agree with you. This team is definitely a running football team. Um, like, it's curious to see how they adjust, not adjust how, like, they want to play it uh, with Deshaun Watson as starting quarterback and, you know, if he's going to get suspended and all that we got to figure out. Uh, so I do think that like, if you think of the Browns for me, like, yes, they're run first football team. Uh, but I like this defense. They're like a defense that has picked it up over the years. And I think with all the talk of Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, and, um, you know, like the running backs they have and like having Odell and Landry for, for the time that they did that this defense doesn't get talked about, uh, talked uh, enough about uh, i know you're a big fan of defenses but like when i think of this cleveland browns defense and it's, it's an exciting defense a young defense a defense like with a, a lot of promise um and uh, if you're going to be playing in the uh, in that division dominic you're going to need to have studs all across the board uh, on that defense but uh, yeah i like what cleveland's doing uh like in general but especially on the defensive side of the football yeah i agree with you william i think that the browns identity moving forward within the next five years is going to have to be on defense and in the afc north that's you said it right there. You have to have a defensive mindset to be competitive. If you ask me, they could potentially have the best defense in that AFC North. I know that's a lot to say when you have the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it seems like this year Cleveland's going to have a lot to prove. And I really love that secondary. They even added another player as a DB in that secondary, who, which already had Denzel Ward, Delpit. And I'm a big fan also of Greg Newsom, the second. So, We'll have to see how this all shakes out, but the Browns moving forward will be a defensive team. We're talking about the Browns, Dominic. Let's stay with the Browns. Um, look, obviously there's been a lot more hype on Cleveland over the last few years than there has been before. Uh, you know, definitely, uh, like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. The Browns have been, like, up until these last five, six years, have been a very, very poor team. And I think that, like, even non-Browns fans can enjoy the excitement and, like, kind of the, I guess you can see the glimmer of hope that they have in Cleveland, uh, which got a little bit ugly, obviously, with Baker Mayfield and, and now everything happening there. Do you think we could buy into the Browns hype and Deshaun Watson and just the moves that they've been making uh, over the last few seasons, the fact that they're no longer, like, the, the Cleveland Browns of old and a team that, uh, you know, you, you, you oh, I see Cleveland on my schedule that's a free win like this Cleveland Browns team is a tough team they're a hard-nosed team I think they're a well-coached team too uh with Kevin Stefanski I I'm gonna say like I bought into the hype a little bit uh when they got Odell didn't work out as they had planned uh they did make it to the playoffs uh but uh Leah I guess my question to you is like do you think this team has what it takes for fans to actually finally buy into that hype. Because I think, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for these type of teams uh, that, uh, you know, start off, you know, or not start off, they have been poor for years and, and try and get uh, try and get better over the seasons, become relevant. I can see the Browns being a, t uh, a good team. I can see them being a, a wildcard team, a team that makes some noise in the playoffs. Uh, it's just like, uh, do we trust the Browns at this point, Dominic, you know? Yeah, that's a bold take to say that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs until Kevin Stefanski is gone. I hate that coach. I'm not a fan whatsoever. <laughs> I don't think he's been doing a good job whatsoever since he's there. He's very conservative. Offensively, he can't make anything happen. And right now they're putting all their eggs in Deshaun Watson's basket. I'm questioning this franchise from top to bottom. However, I do think from the defensive perspective, they're building something strong. And offensively, they picked up a gem. And I'm really mad that they picked up David Bell, ride receiver. I think he's going to complement that ride receiving core really well. They added Amari Cooper. 
They got a guy that's kind of like moving up, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yep. So all that being said, you know, they finally got rid of Austin Hooper, who which had nothing to do there. And they're giving David Njoku the opportunity to be the guy over there in Cleveland at the tight end position. So offensive line looking good, but what they don't have is they don't have a head coach. And I don't see Stefanski putting it together. And I honestly think that the Browns should be looking for a head coach as soon as possible. It's a bold take, Dominic, because uh, like, a lot of people have been on the Kevin Stefanski hype train. Um, and, uh, you know, like people say, he does, he's done well for Cleveland. Um, but I guess, you know, Dominic, from, from your point of view, is I guess just a lack of results, right? I mean, like getting team to the playoffs is uh, is potentially one thing, you know, like being in that playoff hunt is another. Uh, just not but, enough points on the board. Yeah. I mean, you're not scoring enough points. Now you're going to get Deshaun Watson to be the guy and, and magically put 35, because that's what you almost need nowadays. It's like 35 points per game. And I don't see this offense right now being able to put up that much points. But then again, I could be wrong. Maybe Deshaun Watson comes in and lights it up, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, they're going to need a lot uh, from Amari Cooper. And I'm happy you mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones, Dominic. I really like him coming out of Michigan. Uh, I think he's one of the more overlooked wide receivers in the NFL, and which is like, you know, easy. I guess you can say when he's been playing alongside guys like Jarvis Landry, now Amari Cooper, and obviously played alongside Odell too. Uh, but he's good. There was a, a, a crazy game that happened this past season where he had like a, a breakout game. He had a, a very big catch late in the fourth quarter, I believe, like, uh, one of their, their starting receivers were injured that game or they had COVID or something. It was, it was next up mentality for the Cleveland Browns and Donovan Peoples Jones really stepped it up. Uh, so I think that he, like for him, he just needs like more targets. He needs more playing time. He needs more opportunity. Cause I think uh, this is a, uh, we talk about like hidden gems in the draft. I feel like this guy's a hidden gem that uh, already in the NFL that, uh, you know, not enough guys are giving credit to, um, there in Cleveland. Let's say in that division, Dominic, just quickly before we head into our first break, the Baltimore Ravens uh, signing former Bears uh, cornerback Kyle Fuller to a contract. So Kyle Fuller, Dominic, headed to Baltimore. I like it. The Ravens themselves yeah. always have a good, strong defense, and they always know how to analyze their DBs very well. Seeing Pittsburgh play them, they tend to do well because they get a good pass rush, and they have these old veterans coming in and filling the hole. They got Marcus Peters a few years back. I think that the Ravens did a good pickup here and uh, we'll have to see how that pans out. I think that the bigger question mark will be whether or not Kyle Hamilton is able to do a great job as a rookie year one. I think they're going to be targeting him a lot. A lot of uh, long bombs are going to be heading in his direction. We'll have to wait to see if Kyle Hamilton will be able to be a star off the gate. Hey, Honestly, I don't like making guarantees, but I guarantee that Hamilton's going to be a stud and I could even see him being defensive rookie of the year, folks. You heard it here first. Let's continue our talk, Dominic, on the AFC North. Uh, like what you said there about those Baltimore Ravens and the fit with um, with Kyle Fuller, I do like it as well. Veteran guy, 30 years old, uh, smart player, did some good stuff with the Chicago Bears. Uh, so I do like that signing for the um, for the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like a team that hasn't been talked about uh, in the division, Dominic. You know, like, and it's not it's not a critique, but it's like your Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, we're talking about Cincinnati Bengals. Are they going to be able to repeat as AFC uh, champions? What an incredible year Burrow and Jamar Chase had. That's been unbelievable. The Ravens, you know, everyone loves Lamar Jackson. He's like one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we know we have there in the Cleveland. Well, we don't know what we have in the Cleveland Browns, but we know they got Deshaun Watson and everything that he brings to the table. So that's the team people are talking about. But yeah, those Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic, uh, you know, that uh, first round pick, 
getting Kenny Pickett, which, uh, you know, I think is a, a really good pick for them. Uh, Pickett staying in Pittsburgh, played his college ball there with the Panthers. Um, I guess, yeah, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. First things that come to mind, I guess you can say maybe things you're excited for, areas of concern, uh, maybe mini camp things you're looking for to see if uh, guys, who's going to win the starting job, whether it's the quarterback position, uh, wide receiver, wide receiver group. Obviously, they'd lose Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, so they're going to be looking a little bit different. Ben Roethlisberger no longer on the team, obviously. Uh, retired. So uh, Pittsburgh Steelers dominate. They're heading in a different direction and, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason to say the least for them. Definitely. It will be a shocker not seeing Big Ben out there week one in the NFL season. But I think that Pittsburgh is in a transition mode. Every team has to go through this probably once every 15 years if you're lucky, once every three years if you're not lucky. So to me, I think that Kenny Pickett will be a really good football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it will take some time. I don't think we're going to see Kenny Pickett week one this year going out there and passing for what? 3,500 yards. Very doubtful. What I do see happening is Mitch Trubinsky being there week one and doing the very best he can managing this football team. I have no high expectations at all coming into the season. All I want to see is guys who are young, get an opportunity to develop. And that starts for me at the tight end position in Friermuth. I think Friermuth got an amazing rookie season last year. He was able to develop with Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, he did get a few concussions here and there, which is what you really don't want to see. However, that being, you know, the only thing that I think was the asterisk, Pat Friermuth has the opportunity to become a really big stud tight end in the NFL. And I think Mitch Trubinsky is going to look at him often as a security blanket. One guy that I'm absolutely, you know, marveling over, and I think we got a real steal, is George Pickens. I think that this guy yeah. is going to be a mixture of Heinz Ward and Plaxico Burris in one for those Pittsburgh Steelers, which is to me mind-boggling because that's exactly what you want for, you know, your running game. You want a nice wide receiver that's strong, that can block for Najee Harris. So I do believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are heading in the right direction. They're developing this team exactly as they should. One area of concern, obviously, is the ability to stop the run. But again, you know, you got to have a weakness here and there. Uh, I don't believe they really solved that problem. It's going to really fall on the shoulders of Tyson Alu-Alu, which if he gets hurt again, eesh, I think that Steelers are going to be able to be run all over, which is great news for a team like the Ravens, like the Browns, that can run the football. And you can even add the Cincinnati Bengals, because I think Joe Mixon is going to run like a madman this year, considering that the linesmen that they picked up in free agency are able to do really good against the run. So kudos to the Steelers. Great draft. I have zero expectations for you next year. Good luck stopping the run. Let's see how it all plays out. Yeah, it's, uh, I think you, you kind of uh, had a mature take there, Dominic. It's tough, you know, to think about uh, like having a quote unquote rebuild year. No one really wants that. You got to stay patient uh, and which is, you know, obviously tough for, for a lot of fans to do. Uh, but it seems like you've kind of accepted that. And I think that your take was really good. Uh, just the guys that you touched on, Pat Firemuth, I really like him too. Six foot five, big guy. Uh, not the fastest guy, but sure hands, like a real big red zone threat uh, and a guy that every quarterback needs. And especially with a young guy like Kenny Pickett, if he's going to be uh, starting or playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. George Pickens, too. I love that. Uh, you know, we talk about Georgia and their defense, but he was a star there for the Georgia Bulldogs at the wide receiver position. Um, yeah, and I think for the Steelers this year, look, obviously you got Chase Claypool, uh, wide receiver one there. 
No more Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you got James Washington and that speed. But Deontay Johnson, I think he's going to need to have a big year. He's got to cut down on the drop, somebody because we know once he has the ball in his hands, he can be electric. And he's had some breakout games uh, for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Uh, it's just uh, him. It's just his, his inconsistency uh, on catching the ball, really. And I know that, like, as a wide receiver, it's uh, it's something that, like, is really second nature to these guys. But it's, you know, difficult when you got a DB breathing down your neck or you're running a slant in and you got these big linebackers getting ready to, to kind of to pounce on you you there and uh, get ready to, to pop the ball loose. Um, so I think he's going to need to have a bigger year for the Steelers. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned Najee Harris, Dominic. What are your expectations? What are you excited for uh, for, for him this year and uh, what he's going to do with that Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Do you think now that Big Ben is, isn't there, they're going to be relying on a more inexperienced quarterback that they're going to rely more on Najee Harris in the run game, maybe with the screen passes? Um, or do you think he'll be used in, the, in a fairly similar fashion that he was used uh, last year with the Steelers? I think it's going to be a lot more of what we saw last year. Najee Harris is a great running back. However, the offensive play calling from Matt Canada was, you know, curtailed to Ben Roethlisberger's skill set. Yeah. Now that Roethlisberger is gone, there's no more excuses. Right. Uh, Mitchell Trubinsky is a lot more of a mobile quarterback. That should help Najee Harris as well. So to me, it's the fact that Big Ben's gone. I anticipate to see a lot more creative offensive play calling to get Najee loose. He is a star. I think that he's going to get the rock at least 300 times this year. So if you're in fantasy football, you might as well draft that guy because he's going to get it a lot. I'm with you there too, Dominic. We looked at the Steelers last year and it was just like a boring offense for lack of a better word. It was like the better offense would get the ball and he would just like dump it off. And it was like, he, like as if he was incapable of throwing the ball, like over seven yards on the field, which isn't true. So I do expect to see a lot more creativity there. Uh, I think you hit it out of the park there, Dominic. You definitely know your team. Uh, talking about Big Ben, let's go from one QB that's retired to another QB. Anyway, that was a weird transition. But Kyler Murray, Dominic, skipping OTAs with the Arizona Cardinals. I kind of thought this was over. You know, we Kyler Murray had unfollowed the Cardinals or something like that on Instagram. Then said, you know, everything's fine. I'm chill. So at that point, I thought, okay, you know, Kyler Murray's going to be back in Arizona. Things are going to run smoothly. Uh, he skipped OTAs. They say he should be back for minicamp. Uh, you know, whatever that means there for Kyler Murray. He's trying to get uh, a contract extension. Hasn't been done. The uh, the talks between him and upper management have gone stale. Um, yeah, a little uh, a little worried for uh, for Kyler Murray there because we talked about uh, you know him and being the first overall pick and all the hype that the Cardinals had uh, for him. And he hasn't been a bad quarterback for them. Um, he's been. Uh, a, I guess, I don't know if I want to say consistent, but he's been, he hasn't really been consistent. Um, like he's, he's won some games. He's brought them to the playoffs, but Kyler, when you're drafting a guy number one overall, you're expecting more. All that to say, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals aren't seeing eye to eye right now, Dominic. I think there's a, there's a part of the story that we just don't know yet. And it has to do with his contract. He's obviously not happy. I thought that bringing Hollywood Brown was going to make him happy. So since I don't know the ins and outs in the locker room, what's going on, we're going to have to wait and see. But I do believe that at the end of the day, they're going to get it right. Arizona is going to have the team they want on the football field. I mean, we've got to hope because it all started also with DeAndre Hopkins getting caught with performance enhancing drugs so yeah. i mean this franchise is not starting on the right foot but i still i call this team to be in a really strong team for the afc west i do believe they could put it together i do believe hollywood brown is going to have a great season if cal murray is happy 
But perhaps what's needed here is a big contract for Kyle Murray to kind of like get that weight off his shoulders and to let him go out and ball out. And if he doesn't get that, if they wait, I think that the Arizona Cardinals franchise should look themselves in the mirror. They'll be the ones to blame and not Kyle Murray because he's just one to get paid. At least he made it to the playoffs in comparisons to Daniel Jones with the Giants, which he did not. I would give Kyle Murray a contract extension and see where he can lead you. I get where you're coming from, Dominic, but I'm going to say I have to disagree with you on this one. I think that uh, he's going to have to earn the money he's asking for, and he's going to have to play well this year with this Arizona Cardinals uh, offense without you know DeAndre Hopkins for the first, I think, potentially six games. And then from there, they'll see what they have. I don't think he's... I think he's, like I said, Dom, I don't think he's been a poor quarterback, poor quarterback. He's been a good quarterback. Now, would I want him on the Dolphins? Yeah, sure. I take him uh, over to, uh, maybe that's not saying much, but um, I know I think right now he's in the earned stage, Dominic. I don't think he has earned it, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, one thing about Kyler Murray's, you know, his ability to run the football, which I think makes him a very dynamic quarterback. I just don't think... From what I've seen, the games I've seen Kyler Murray play, he isn't patient enough in the pocket. His first read's not there. He may take a quick look to his second read, and if not, he's boom, he's tucking it. He's either running it to either throw the ball the way or tucking it and running it. And, like, it's not Oklahoma. It's hard to do that in the NFL, Dominic. And I'm not sure if he's fully understood that or grasped that yet. Um, Because, you know, I I mentioned earlier on that, like, I want to see how he performs without DeAndre Hopkins in the first six games. Because right now, I think he needs a guy like Hopkins. I'm not sure he's going to produce without a true wide receiver one. Yeah, he's going to have Hollywood Brown. um, He's going to have AJ Green. He's going to have Zach Ertz. I think you and I are both a big fan of. But, like, those aren't necessarily star, household, Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame type names. Um, And, like... Early on in his career, I get the sense that Murray needs a guy like DeAndre Hopkins uh, on his team, or like one of those studs in the NFL to kind of, uh, I don't know, to to be his security blanket. Because right now, I don't think, uh, yeah, no, I, I think if I'm the Cardinals, I'm I'm doing the opposite of what you said, Dominic, and I'm saying, look, hey, you want the money? That's fair. We 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 invested a lot in you. We took you number one overall when we already had a guy uh, of Josh Rosen that unfortunately didn't work out for them. Um, but no, if I'm uh, if I'm the the Cardinals, I'm expecting more of Kyler Murray, and I don't think he's done enough, especially being like drafted number one overall, Dom. Um, and uh, yeah, like he's a very fun player, and when he's on, he's on. And I know he has the potential to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Um, but we've just seen too many highs and lows from him, in my opinion. And I don't think right now, like he really deserves to be the guy sitting out of OTAs and you know, kind of say like. I don't know, playing the the cards of, uh, oh, you know, well, I'm going to, you know, wait and see what happens. And, you know, I'm going to sit out until I get that contract because I deserve it. And I've done a lot for this team. He's brought hope to this franchise, Dominic. But at the end of the day, it's results we're looking for in the NFL. Um, And I don't think he's produced enough results to be sitting out of OTAs. Um, Yeah, that's honestly, that's my take on Kyler Murray. And it's something that I've stuck to over the last little while. I'll agree that he was the number one pick overall. You have high expectations. But when I'm looking at his stats right now from 2019 to 2021, I kind of see a progression here. His first year, he went 5-10-1. His second year, went 8-8. His third year, he went 9-5. To me, you know, I see a slight progression. I also see a slight progression in his passing yards, 3,700 yards in 2019, 3,900 yards in 2020. He kind of stagnated 3,787, but he played two less games. So given the two extra games, he would have increased 
about 4,000 yards. And that's where I think the Arizona Cardinals are probably looking at. We need a quarterback that could throw over 4,000 yards consistently on a yearly basis. And can Kyler Murray do that? Probably not because he's going to use his legs a lot. I mean, in year two, he ran for over, I, w- I would say, 800 yards. And to me, you know, that's kind of like a Lamar-esque season. So it really depends. You're the one who drafted him. You got Cliff Kingsbury to kind of let him loose and to see what he can do. So I don't think Kyle Murray should be one of those guys to throw to the curb so quick because I think that his stats have progressed. I think that they've added a lot of talent to help him out. And we just have to wait and see. He's got, I think, two more years, right? Two more years or one more year to see, obviously, if they're going to exercise that fifth year option. They might do the same thing like they did with Daniel Jones. But to me, I think he's done enough. I guess we're going to have to disagree or agree to disagree here. Yeah. I just think that he just deserves a contract extension. I'm going to leave it like that just because I've seen the progression. You know, I, I like it, Dominic, and, and most of the time I think it's the opposite. It's maybe me giving a guy more the benefit of the doubt and you being a little bit more like the, the strict guy. And, uh, For sure. I, you know, which is good. So I guess uh, I get that. I'm curious to see. Okay, if I were to throw this question at you, Dominic, uh, kind of like where we're heading here, Kyler Murray, is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now? <laughs> is he a top 10 quarterback? I don't think he is. You know, there's. I told you before that there's no quarterbacks in this league. That's why I'm trying to see a guy who can develop. Can Cal Murray be given the opportunity to develop to get, you know, a good 10-year career minimum at the quarterback position Mm-hmm. as an Arizona Cardinal. So you know what? I'm going to go say, yes, he is. Okay. I know maybe it sounds <laughs> like a bluff, but it, it's not, it truly isn't a bluff. I've called that Arizona is going to take the step forward. I got to stick by it. Callum Murray is a top 10 quarterback. Okay. That's fair. Um, I guess like it, it's definitely close. It's definitely it's close. close. He's bubble, bubble 10. Yeah, He's like 10. exactly. You're right. Cause you know, when you talk about like March Madness and like the bubbles and like, as he's definitely on the bubble. Um, yeah, I think that it's so funny. Actually, I just pulled this up right now. I go top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. I looked at one person that he has that Kyler Murray right at number 10, uh, which, you know, I think is like, I can't disagree if you're putting him at 10. If you're putting him at six or seven, like, no, nah, I think that's a little bit too much. Uh, but okay, another random question, Dominic. If you're starting an NFL team and you're general manager, who do you want? If you, have, if you take one player, Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, who are you taking and is it close? Kyler Murray. And it's not close. I really, I, I just don't like Dak Prescott. Okay. I think Callum Murray is a lot more accurate than Dak. And in, mm-hmm. in, in the NFL, you absolutely need accuracy. And if you don't have it, you just don't belong in the NFL. I think Dak Prescott, you know, Jerry Jones was put a gun to his head and he said, You gotta sign Dak, you gotta sign <laughs> Dak. And they're okay, I'm gonna sign Dak. And unfortunately, they're gonna be stuck with him for a long time. Uh, I would agree with you there. I think I actually do think it's fairly close, Dominic, although I would take Kyler Murray. Um over Dak. I don't think we're going to have this much fun talking about Kyler Murray, but uh, okay, awesome. Wait and see what happens. Ultimately, Dominic, I do think that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals will get a deal done. Uh, I think, you know, you got to meet somewhere in that, uh, you know, middle range. Maybe not as much as Kyler. Well, I, right now, it's, I don't even know if it's Kyler Murray asking for a certain amount of money or he just wants that extension. All this to say, I do think Kyler Murray will be with the Arizona Cardinals come the um, beginning of this season. Another player, Dominic, that has decided to skip OTAs has been Terry McLaurin, wide receiver of the Washington Commanders now. Um, I think, like, this guy's the heart and soul of the team. I, I really do. Like, if I'm 
Washington, I'm doing whatever I can to keep him. Uh, however, it's kind of like that fine line of, look, if a guy doesn't want to stay and he's asking for too much money, then like, what do you do? You can't really like hold a guy down if he doesn't want to stay, right? You're not going to beg a guy to, to stay uh, on your team or to pay him a bunch of money if he's not committed to the team. Terry McLaurin, um, yeah, still, you know, nothing heating up in the contract situation between him and the commander. So he's uh, skipping OTAs, Dominic, as we speak. Yeah, well, that's going to be temporary. You've got to believe that Terry McLaurin is going to be signed by the beginning, obviously, of the season. The Washington Commanders are in the position to, you know, kind of like a lot of other teams, are ready to win now. I'm yeah. talking about your Miami Dolphins. They build a team, yep. they're ready to win now. Washington has finally built their team. Now is the time. It's not the time to go pinch penny. McLaurin is going to ask for a lot of money, and we tend to maybe not reward the wide receiver position as much, obviously, as the quarterback. They're going to reward themselves with another young rookie quarterback signing next year if they happen to take a quarterback in the draft is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. So sign McLaurin. I think the key to the puzzle, you signed him, is Joan Dotson. So he's going to take so much pressure off of Terry McLaurin's shoulders. It'd be a shame. Honestly, if I see McLaurin leave, he better leave for a couple draft picks that are pretty darn high because you added Brian Robinson, who is just a number one running back on any team, in my opinion. A three-down back. He shouldn't even be in Washington, but yet you have him there now. So you got the depth to win. I expect big things from the commanders. But however, I've already thrown the towel on Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. The commanders aren't going anywhere. Whether McLaurin's there or not, it won't matter because Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are too old. They can't adapt to the new NFL. Prove me wrong, Rivera. Make the playoffs. Go all the way to the NFC Championship. But I doubt it. You mentioned Don Dotson there, Dominic. Uh, he, you know, we talk about wide receivers in this draft and there being a lot of them. He's not a name we talked about much, really. Like, like, uh, like not at all. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to say not at all, but when you like talking about like NFL, like the experts and, uh, you know, like talk about like exciting wide receivers in the draft. He's not a guy that's been talked about all that much. Dominic, why do you think that is? He was taken in the first round uh, with the 16th pick. Um, and it's like, people forget about him or like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like in terms of other guys that have been drafted, even a little bit later on that him at the wide receiver position, this guy's not getting too much love because he's a perfect number two wide receiver. Okay. In my opinion, he's not a number one. They did a, a great job. They drafted a number two receiver mm -hmm. to be the supporting cast to McLaurin. He's 180 pounds. He's going to have to add at least 10 more pounds of muscle. We saw Devontae Parker or Devontae Smith, I should say that had an amazing season with the Philadelphia Eagles. He reminds me a lot of him in terms of his stature and weight. So now if you put, you know, the same kind of player in Washington, I see him flourishing big time. He's a great route runner. He got 91 passes last year for 1,182 yards with 12 TDs from Penn State playing against elite competition. The guy's for real. He might be a project player. You might only see him really kick up those stats in year two, year three, year four. But I'm telling you, as a complimentary receiver, year one, boom, Washington's got a great receiver to help McLaurin. Hey, I like it. Wide receiver twos, guys, are people too, and they are very important to a football team. You know, we talk about wide receiver ones, all this guy's crazy. Wide receiver twos fly under the radar. Got to give some love to those receivers as well. Let's continue, Dominic, there in the NFC East. We talked about the Washington Commanders uh, and, you know, 
their situation there with Terry McLaurin, their draft picks, everything they got going over there. How competitive do you think this team will be? Because if you're asking me right now, and I've said it before, I do still think the Dallas Cowboys will win the division. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles have made the gap a little bit closer now with the addition of A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith going to his second year, um, and you know Jalen Hurts hopefully learning from his uh, his mistakes he's made. Because he did a few good things in his rookie year, uh, obviously got some things to build on. Uh, Giants, I don't know, I don't see them as super relevant. Washington, how competitive do you think they could be to any of those teams, Dominic? And what about the Giants? Do you think I'm right in like not even including them in the conversation? I think that any team can win this division. Literally okay. any of them from top to bottom. We just talked about Washington. I don't think Washington is up to par with the current NFL. I think that they're going to probably struggle if they keep on calling those weird conservative play calling, but we'll have to wait and see. I do believe that the Giants are a team that are on the rise. I love the fact that Brian Dable has said to Daniel Jones, buddy, just go out there and play loose. That is exactly what you want to tell a guy that had his fifth year uh, option, not exercise, meaning that you're, you're playing for your career as a New York giant. And we're mm -hmm. asking you to play loose and just go chuck it. And to me, wow, I honestly think, believe it or not, I've been a naysayer on Daniel Jones for his entire career. But if there's one year that he could probably put it together, and if people stay healthy around him, it's going to be this year. I love the fact that Wendell Robinson ended up in this football team. He is going to stretch this football team big time. And he's a great route runner. So I do believe he's going to have a great rapport with Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, and Kenny Galladay. If you line up four wide receivers, run streaks down the field and eventually yeah. guys are going to get open whether or not that offensive line can withstand the pass rushes that are going to come towards Daniel Jones will be the million dollar question. I remember scouting Shane Lemieux, a right guard. I thought that the guy was decent. They added Evan Neal in this draft who mm -hmm. I had as my number one lineman in this draft. So to me, it is possible. And then you have the wild card of all wild cards. Can Saquon Barkley return to his old self? Yeah. I read earlier in the season that the guy is going to catch so many balls in the backfield because, again, I see this being a passing team. You can have an odd draw here and an odd draw there and get Saquon to break, you know, 50-yard runs because that's what he does, right? He's a big playmaker. He'll break you out a 50-yard run here and there. At least that's what we've seen in the past. So, that's my team. The Giants in this division could shock the world. Jones can make, you know, a comeback special and actually get rewarded in the offseason with a big contract if he happens to take this team in the playoffs and he's going to have to win at least one round. Wow, a uh, good take, Dom. Bold take. Uh, I know, like you mentioned, you're not a, the weren't usually the biggest Daniel Jones fan. Um, and I guess, like, look, pressure's off now, right? Like, he hasn't had a great start to his NFL career. Um, and uh, and you know, when you got like the 
one of your coaches trusts and see like just go out there like almost like a have fun and like see what happens uh, i guess it's, it's much easier to play without that weight off your shoulders that's going to uh, be a confidence builder william i'm telling yeah. you brian dable knows what he's doing that's going to give the kid a lot of confidence and i think like the fact that like you got saquon barkley to dump the ball down to you know when, when things aren't there is great however i think that like he's got it like take i mean he has been turning the ball over a lot but like i don't think um if his first read isn't necessarily there, like the quick read is to dump it off to Saquon because like number one, like I don't know if you, they could use Saquon as much as they want to use and just because of the fact that he unfortunately hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, and like if you're going to progress as a quarterback for Daniel Jones too, you want to be able to go through your reads and, you know, be able to make those tight throws down the field. I know it's a little maybe like contradicting because there may be times where he should have thrown it to Saquon Barkley because he's been forcing the ball. And he's been throwing too many interceptions, fumbling the ball a little bit too much. Uh, but ultimately, he's going to have to make those throws. Uh, so I think that, you know, like, what what better time than right now when you have your coach's trust, like you said, Dominic, to, you know, f- almost force the ball down the field and thread that needle from time to time. Um, do you think there's any chance that, like, this team has potentially, uh, you know, thought about trading Saquon, you know, maybe getting a couple of first-round draft uh, picks for him uh whether it's a player uh just because of his inability to stay healthy and the fact that like he is like a great player and a freak athlete and they may be able to get a lot out of him oh 100 they've tried to trade saquon barkley and he's not going to finish most likely his career in a giants uniform because of the type of offense the giants are going to run i think that you can replace them with a lot of running backs that can catch the ball in the backfield and they'd be just as good however he does have an extra gear that we've been blown away and got the opportunity to see the first two years i just don't think that usually when a guy blows his knee he's going to have you know those gears it's going to start slowing down and the running back shelf life is so small now in the nfl but hey, he has the opportunity. If he has an MVP season, it'll be obviously hard to tell anybody in, as a Giants fan that you're not keeping Saquon. I think that he'll do good as a pass catcher, as a runner. He's going to have a few runs here and there. But again, this division is wide open. It really depends on how the Dallas Cowboys defense play him. I know those Dallas Cowboys linebackers are really good in Mika Parsons and company. So, And then you got yourself those Eagles who... We'll have to wait and see there too whether or not Jalen Hurts can actually put it all together. But this division is wide open. I'm excited to see what's coming forward. Honestly, Dominic, I am picking the Cowboys to win the division uh, right now, but I do think it'll be very close. I'm not sure if I'm on the same page as you where I could see anyone <laughs> winning the division. Uh, however, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles win the division. I could see, you know, coming down to the, the final weeks uh, of the season, Dominic, and maybe that very last uh, week of the season the uh, the for the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cowboys and the Eagles play each other on Christmas Eve, December 24th, and the Cowboys finish up at Washington uh, to end up the season on January, uh, January the 8th. So I got maybe- a question for you, William. Yes. What, what puts the Dallas Cowboys over the top? That's a great question. I think... Right now, you know, as much as <laughs> I'm not the biggest Dak Prescott fan, I trust him the most out of all four starting quarterbacks in the division. Okay. I trust him as, and I think that, like, I trust him more than the three other quarterbacks in the division. And I also think on paper, they have a very good offense. And I can see Zeke having a bounce back year um, just because of the fact that, like, I think Zeke's going to be playing mad. I think Zeke's going to be playing mad. He's going to be playing with a purpose. Uh, he has not 
he did not have a great year last year, had a very few yards per carry and just wasn't the uh, Zeke that we're all used to seeing with his swag and, and, and uh, you know, Moxie. So I think that for like that reason, uh, and you know, these guys got receivers. However, I was going to mention that I think it will be a little bit closer uh, than I originally like led it to believe is because I think that Amari Cooper is going to be a big loss for these guys. Yes, they have a lot of talent uh, at the water receiver position, a lot of young talent, but you know, Michael Gallup is still coming off an injury. Uh, then you got CD Lamb, who should be a great receiver. But like, other than that, Dominic, like you got baby bringing James Washington uh, out of uh, out of your Pittsburgh Steelers. So like, I mean, if CD Lamb is getting double teamed, uh, and you know it's going to be up to Michael Gallup, sure he could produce, and but I don't know if he's going to be consistent enough for them. That's why I felt when they had Amari Cooper, it was like you couldn't double team him and you couldn't double team CD. But now with Cooper gone, I think it was a mistake that the Cowboys let Amari Cooper go. I really do. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Dominic, I think right now Dak is still the QB I trust most in that division. Um, and uh, I think that the Cowboys are going to be coming back with vengeance this year, especially after uh, how that season ended against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah, this past season. Fair enough. I think that Dak Prescott obviously is very experienced and he's been there for a while. And I love Mike McCarthy. I don't know why the guy keeps on getting ripped left and right. I really don't think it's his problem. I think the problem starts with Dak Prescott and it ends with Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. He's the quarterback. He has to lead this team. He's got to make this team a competitive team. I just don't buy it. I'm going to be completely uh, a naysayer on your take. I think Dak Prescott should be gone within the next two, three years. He's unfortunately going to be dragging this franchise until he's gone. I see guys like CeeDee Lamb not being able to develop as much I think Ezekiel Elliott is a great running back, but for whatever reason, Mike McCarthy likes to use two running backs. And if he starts getting mad, well, then this whole team's going to pretty much implode because it has to go through Zeke. In my opinion, it can't go through Dak because Dak to me is just another quarterback in a flash in the pan that we're going to see. Unfortunately, kind of like Tony Romo, you're struggling, you're hoping, you're praying and what you get you get garbage. So sorry for you Cowboys fans out there. I'm not a Doc Prescott fan whatsoever. It's so funny, Dominic, because you say this, like I'm ca- almost agree with what you're saying because I, I wouldn't say I'm a big believer in Dak either. I just think that, excuse me, someone has to win the division, obviously. Um, so I'm curious, Dominic, who would you say are favorites? Do you think Dallas won? Who do you think would favorites to win the division if you had to, you know, make a, make a bet right now? Uh, who do you have coming out of the NFC East? Ah, you're putting me on the spot, right? Yeah, I got to, Dominic. I got to. I honestly have no clue, but I will pick the miracle of miracles, the New York Giants (laughs) with Javonde Clowney is going to somehow get to a lot of quarterbacks this year, and the Giants are going to put it together. I got to stick with coaching. I'm a huge Brian Dable fan. I think that he has the recipe to win in the current NFL. I'm going to stick with it. I stick with them in, in Buffalo. They were going to pretty much beat the Kansas City Chiefs and get to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for, you know, a great game, but a horrible NFL rule. So to me, I'm a Brian Debel fan. I'm sticking with it. The Giants will make it and win the division. Wow. Extremely bold take there, Dominic. Uh, but you, you know, we talk about the NFC East, and there's been like there hasn't been uh, like a team that's dominated that division for a very long time, like that that's won the division like back to back years or three years in a row. Uh, it's pretty crazy when you look back that like really this last like, over the last decade, the last fifteen years, uh, it's like for the longest time there hasn't been a team that's won the division back to back years, which is absolutely incredible when you think about it. Uh, you know, people can say this division is you know not the best in terms of talent um, and in terms 
you know, teams make it to the playoffs and probably being one and done. But this is an exciting division because, like you said, Dominic, you really don't know who's going to win it year in, year out, right? Yeah, honestly, this year specifically, anybody can take it. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think that the Eagles really did a, a bold move by getting A.J. Brown. And if for whatever reason there's a combo there with A.J. Brown, that's just going to leave Devontae Smith the opportunity to burn the entire NFL. So that's the wild card up in Philadelphia. But I'm not buying Jalen Hurts whatsoever either. I think he's just another flash in the pan like Dak Prescott. And uh, we're going to be seeing some new quarterback sooner than later in both those franchises. Crazy, Dominic, when you just pulling it up here, when you look at back to 2010, the winner of the NFC East in order goes Philadelphia, New York, Washington, Philadelphia, Dallas, Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, Dallas. So there hasn't been a team that's won the division back-to-back years since the Eagles won it uh, in 03 and 04. They actually won in 01, 02, 03, 04. But how mind-boggling is that? Since 2004, there hasn't been a team in the NFC East that's won the division back-to-back years. And that's only four teams, right? Like, I mean, you think about a team that, like, has a good team for two or three years. Okay, like, obviously, like, they're going to win the division two years. I mean, think about how many years in a row the Patriots won that the AFC East, Dominic. Honestly, it's incredible. uh, to, to think about, like, like I knew it was back and forth, but I didn't realize how back and forth it was, uh, which is, you know, honestly, that's, like, pretty incredible. Like, I, I wonder, like, what you make that out to be. Is that, like, teams knowing each other well? Is that, like, the fact that, like, there's new coaches, there's been new quarterbacks from team to team? Like, I just, like, I try to, like, figure out why that's the case, and I, I just, I feel like it's tough to come up with an answer. It has to be around the quarterback position. It always revolves around the quarterback position. And then after that, you have coaching. I mean, we had Doug Peterson that won a Super Bowl for those Eagles. So at least they did win a Super Bowl within that division. Granted, it was probably the worst Super Bowl win that I've ever seen ever <laughs> since I've watched football. But yet, hey, that was a crazy game. That was one of my favorite Super Bowls ever. Ah, Are you come on, William. Nick <laughs> Philly Foles special. Hey, listen, they won. At the end of the day, they won. You got to give them the props. It was what it was. Now you got Carson Wentz coming back in the division in a different uniform with those commanders. Boy, is he licking his chops to play those Eagles and sticking into them. We'll have to see whether or not he can do that. Rivera, I mean, he's gone to the Super Bowl a couple of times, whether or not he can put those Washington commanders over the top. But again, I said it earlier in the show, he runs an old ship. That ship is going to sink with Carson Wentz behind the helm. And until they get an answer at the quarterback position, I don't see that team being competitive either. I would agree with you there, Dominic. I can't believe your take on that Super Bowl, Dominic, the Philly special. I like I people who don't even know football that are my friends. Talk, oh, Philly special. What a crazy Super Bowl that was. It's funny. We think about like these last years, like the last seasons, the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl. Like they play crazy Super Bowl games that come back against Atlanta. They're two against the Giants. Oh man, those Super Bowls were absolutely incredible. Oh, I just love Super Bowls. I love football, folks. Anyways, that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed the show for today. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the NBA and NHL playoffs. NBA uh, down to our finals matchup potentially soon Uh, really curious to see how that uh, East final is going to turn out folks enjoy the week we'll see you next week you are listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal